What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Isaac. And this is your boy, Bryce. And we, of course, are brothers on tennis. And folks, we have had a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Masters Series in Cincinnati we were on the grounds. Bryce and I were just having a lot of fun. And boy, Bryce, did the tennis not live up to the hype? Come on. This was one of, I mean, and I'm not just saying this because we were in Cincinnati, where I was raised, where you and I first met. Um, when I look at the whole tournament, everything we did, everybody we met, the quality of the matches, this is one of the best tournaments I think I've been to in a very, very long time. Absolutely agree. It was outstanding. I think that they brought it up to yet another level. I mean, we had such a great time there in 2022, and they absolutely exceeded expectations for 2023. I mean, we met some great people, great networking. And like I said, the tennis was off the chain. Yes. And let's not go much further without giving some shout outs, right? So First of all, for those of you that are watching this episode, not listening to it as a podcast, but are actually watching it um, as a video, you will see our new layout. We are now uh, members of the Believe Podcast Network. Happy to be part of the family. Uh, They're hooking us up with some new graphics and some new shine and the whole nine. So um, thank you guys for bringing us on board and looking forward to a very prosperous relationship uh, with you guys. Um, But Isaac, also, let's talk about at the Western and Southern, you know, some of the people that showed us a lot of love and a lot of support. And we have to start with the media department, right? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, we got to meet some great folks in there. Um, You know, at the top of the charts, we had Pete Holterman, and he was just outstanding. Great to meet him. Great to be able to collaborate and just chat with him. I mean, so much going on, but he 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 allowed time to just, you know, be able to 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 interact. And and I, I, you know, that that to me was really, really, really great on his part, because, you know, when a tournament is going on, there is a lot that you are dealing with. So to be able to meet him and have conversation with him was really fantastic. Yes. And then along with him, we had Tony Woods, who, you know, just even from last year, gave us a lot of confidence as a podcast. Um, And so she provided us so many opportunities there on site, as well as facilitating us being interviewed on the local Fox uh, affiliate station. They are giving us some additional exposure. So that was great. And then Isaac, Yeah, we had Mike Leichman. Mike, got to give Mike a shout out. Mike was so incredible. Again, a part of the media center, you know, kind of gave us some ins and outs, um, has been there. I can't even remember how many years that he specified. It was over 20, right? 
I mean, right. it's been a long time. And Mike is just another critical element in that whole um, cog of, of, of things that are necessary for the media department to turn. So, Mike, thank you so much for, you know, just, again, our conversations and and, and uh, making us aware of a lot of different things that we didn't know about. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and then, of course, you know, hopefully you've been watching social media and you have seen some of the segments we've done. We got a chance to catch up with Prakash, uh, our, our guy, you know, our relationship with him, uh, with Danny, who we absolutely love from the Tennis Channel, uh, meeting for the first time Nate Ferguson, who uh, was running the stringing department there. And if you have not watched our interview with him, that is a must. There's so much to learn. He dropped so many gems of of knowledge there for us. And of course, you know, we got the bellies full. LaRosa's Pizza, shout out to you guys. You guys were awesome. Uh, we shot a segment with them that's going to be coming out soon. And uh, Isaac, you got your Skyline Chili? Got my Skyline. Woo, Friday. Friday was <laughs> Skyline Day, y'all. And it was delicious. <laughs> and so, folks, if you don't know about these things, again, when you go to Cincinnati, these are those gems that we hope we are bringing to you and uh, in making you aware of. So again, you can enjoy some of these uh, some of these things uh, if you are visiting for the first time. Right, and you know we just need to briefly um, hit on a subject that I think a lot of people, at least a lot of people who were there, were aware of. And and if you're not, uh, this tournament, the Western and Southern Open, was purchased last year by the Navarro family, or not really the family, but I forgot the name of the actual company uh, that purchased it. And as you know, the Navarro family, they run the women's tournament in Charleston, South Carolina. And it's 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 a very loud rumor uh, that this tournament may potentially move from Cincinnati to Charlotte, North Carolina. And I have been coming to this tournament since I was a child. Um, it's been in Cincinnati forever. Um, and when you experience a week like we just did, it's almost unconscionable. <laughs> oh boy, did I screw that word up? <laughs> unthinkable. We'll, we'll use unthinkable today, right? There we go. It, it is almost unthinkable, uh, to imagine that this tournament would be anywhere other than Cincinnati. So I know Isaac shares the same thought that I do, that we hope whatever negotiations need to happen, whatever dollars need to be contributed, uh, that they do in the favor of keeping this tournament in Cincinnati. I'm sure Charlotte would love to get it and probably would do a very good job with it. But there is a history here that needs to be maintained. Isaac, I don't know if you have additional words. I mean, that's just the perfect wording. This is the history. I mean, that tournament has been there, what, since the late 80s, if not before. Um, there's just so much, uh, so many great things about Cincinnati, about them hosting the event. Um, just the pride that they have for the Western and Southern Open. Um, it, it it just, it, it like I said, you felt that when you were on the grounds. Um, people took pride in what they were doing. All the volunteers, everyone associated with the tournament. Um, so, again, understanding that business is business, things will happen. Um, but again, like you said, unthinkable is a great word because it, the experience we had, it would be unthinkable uh, to see it move because it was such a success, at least in our eyes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway, we've said our piece, um, but 
Let's get to the tennis, and we absolutely have to start with Sisters on Tennis. Come on now. If you know what I mean. Isaac, <laughs> get us started. Well, I mean, let, let's just jump right into the, the, the doubles final. Um, we had Taylor Townsend partnering with Alicia Park, a just so happened to be partnership because, uh, you know, Taylor was, she typically plays with Layla Fernandez. Something happened. They weren't able to play. And an hour before the draw, you know, cutoff, she uh, apparently contacted Alicia and said, hey, are you interested? And Alicia was like, why not? And lo and behold, not only do they make it through the draw, but they play a sensational final. It was incredible, folks. I mean, they were going at it. They were not trying to, they were having, they had no mercy. And I am all, all for that because when you get in the final, it, it is about putting everything you got out there to lift that title. And they did exactly that. They played some outstanding tennis. It went to a 10 point tiebreaker and, and they were able to get over the hump, Bryce. And I don't know about you, but I was extremely happy and ecstatic for those young ladies. Look, nobody expected them to win that title. And they played so well together. Now, look, I know y'all going to get on me about this, but I love Layla Fernandez like the next person, right? You know, I really do. But there was something about this partnership that I absolutely loved. And, and, and you know, and I know Taylor's going to go back to Layla, you know, for the U.S. Open. They, they were in the... Um, what what major final were they just in? Was it the French? I think it was the French. The French, yeah. you know, so they're just coming off of that. I mean, they've been playing really well together, so there's no need for a change. But, boy, I wish there was because I think Alicia Parks brings a level of power and excitement and athleticism uh, to that team that Layla does not. Layla's great. Layla's very good. But I think that – Taylor Layla combination. I think they fed really well off of each other. Um, and but you know, well, and and I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that not only would it help the partnership, but I actually think it would help Alicia as well with her singles. Because let's not forget, Taylor Townsend is about five years or so older than Alicia, and she's got a child, so she is, in my opinion, a bit more mature. She sees life a lot differently. And I think that that type of a mindset would go a long way with Alicia Park. So I feel like Alicia would also garner a lot of positives if they were to partner and she were able to spend more time with Taylor Townsend. Because as we know, Alicia's got talent out of the, you know, come on. And really, we just need exactly we need her to be able to have that mindset and that focus that I honestly believe Taylor Townsend could help her with. Right, right. So, Layla, we love you. Please don't take this as us hating on you at all. But uh, shout out to Townsend and Parks. What an amazing win. And I hope we see more of this combination in the future. Yeah, if there are any off weeks where Taylor's not playing with Layla, I am hopeful that she will partner with Alicia because to me, I do feel like there are a lot of positives that come out of that. Absolutely. So let's move on to the singles. Mm -hmm. And I I think we can probably start at the quarterfinals. Yes. Because it got real kind of funky in the quarterfinals. (laughs) Yes, it did. You know, we had uh, Sviatek took out Vondrasova, 
who yes. rumbled on the champion. So right, right. that was great. Mahova got a retirement over Buskova. So mm-hmm. that was good. Um, Sabalenka, her and Jabur, they, they keep meeting up, and she got the big Sab got the victory this time. That's um, right. And then for the fourth quarterfinal, we had a little black on black crime. We had uh, Coco uh, Goff over Paolini. So your thoughts on those matchups, Isaac? Yeah, I mean, honestly, they 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 turned out the way I guess I had expected, to be very honest with you. Um, like I said, um, I think Sab was looking to get a bit of, you know, a bit, a bit of payback uh, from Wimbledon over Jabur. So I, I kind of expected that. And it's on a hard court. Um, like I said, you know, my thoughts around Muhova. I, you know, even though she got a retirement, I, I, I she's just someone that's on my varsity squad. I, I like her game. I like her personality. I really, really am happy about the progress that Muhova is making. And again, Coco Golf, again, love Paolini, but no, with Coco in the form that she's in, there was no way that Paolini was going to get out of that match unscathed. And 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 Coco was like, here's here's that whole biscuit for you. Go on, go and get someplace. Um, and again, Sviatek, we know Sviatek, you know, a grass is not her surface, so she's trying to build her confidence. She likes the hard court. And uh, yeah, she 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 told Andrew Sova, I can appreciate the fact that you won Wimbledon, but guess what? I got Grand Slams as well. Exactly. Four. Come on. <laughs> so, yes, so that that was so good. Very good quarterfinal matchups. You know, it moves us into the semifinals, and yes. then staying on your varsity girl. Um, Muhova against Sabalenka, and Sabalenka squeaked out that first set in a tiebreaker. Muhova really should have won it, right. um, but uh, Big Sab got it. But Muhova came back in that second and third set and was like, "Hold on, hold up." And Bryce, that's the thing about Muhova is she's playing with this level of confidence. Like, okay, I can lose the first set. I still believe enough in myself and my game that I can come back and I can still win this thing. And she was like, Hey, I already beat you at a grand slam. Ain't I scared of you? We can go. Let's, let's go. And, and she, so to me, I love the fight that she showed. And don't get me wrong, folks. These are two young ladies that honestly are both on my varsity squad. I love Sabalenka. She's that's my girl. I, I've been rooting for her ever since she was outside of the top 10. I was telling folks, she going, she going to push some folks out of the top 10 to make room. And she has right. done so. I feel that Muhova is on that same track. So, you know, I think it's just a battle and they will, I, I feel like they will always have really, really strong battles, bro. What were your right. thoughts on that match? Uh, I just thought it was a really good match. I mean, we, we always only have a couple of players, it seems these days on the women's tour that have that kind of high variety type game style, slice backhand and come to the net, take care of business, you know, Ash Barty, you know, we saw that with her. We see it with Jabur, yes. you know. Uh, but I think Muhova, when I compare her to Jabur, I feel like she has a little extra stick on her ground strokes, right? So when she's at the baseline with a Sabalenka or a Iga, I just feel like she can put just a little more stick on it than Jabur, and sometimes that really makes the difference. So shout out, because she's been out injured for a little bit again. Yes. Uh, so shout out to her coming back and making it to the finals of, of a 1000 level tournament, but that wasn't the match of the day. 
That wasn't uh, even but, close to being the match of the day. No, because look, going into the other semifinal, Coco Golf was 0 for 7 against Iga Fiante. She had not even won a set against her. But let me tell you what had people kind of hyped. Ever since Wimbledon, when Coco took that first round loss and they brought Brad Gilbert into the camp, it feels like we've seen a different Coco Golf. We've seen a more offensive Coco. We've seen a more confident Coco. And she won the title in D.C., a 500 level. Then she lost in the quarterfinals in Montreal to the eventual winner and her her girl, her doubles partner, Pergula. And it just felt like this time might potentially be a little different. And Isaac, you know, tell us, how did that match go? I mean, it 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 was crazy, Bryce. I mean, just the fact that again, going into something with an O for seven head to head, that that that's jarring. That's a lot. And and we all know that, you know, again, Coco's working on her forehand and Sviatek as the number one player in the world, she knows how to attack weaknesses. She is very right. good at it. But the great thing that I saw when they last played was that Coco came out with a strategy. And even though she didn't win, she implemented her strategy extremely well. And I right. feel like that is what allowed her to gain confidence to say, you know what? If I, if I do a little bit more thinking, and again, we got Brad Gilbert in there winning ugly. I mean, Brad knows how to maximize potential. And I feel like having him in her ear allowed her to say, okay, let me, let me work my way through this. And it was not an easy battle, Bryce. It was a three-setter. She had to take that first set in the tiebreaker. She ended up losing the second set and still to have the, the belief in herself to be able to stay in there and take that third set because Sviatek ain't going to give anybody anything. She took that third set. It to me was, it to me is a defining moment for Coco Golf in her career, in my opinion. I think that is the perfect way of, of describing it. It felt like a defining moment. And I tell you, after she got that victory, then my mind was kind of like, okay, you need to win this now. It's not good enough just to beat Sriatek. You got to take the title. You got to get your first thousand level uh, tournament. And and when that night when we ended up seeing that Alicia Parks and uh, Taylor had won, mm-hmm. I was like, no, nah, this is a sister girl party right here. <laughs> come on, yeah. man. Right. On tennis, come on. Sisters on tennis, right? And so she had to win. Um, but I was nervous because Mohova ain't no pushover. No, she is no no pushover. But Coco was like, you know what? Ain't nobody scared of you. I got I got my sisters who done took that doubles title. We trying to make it sister, sister, sister. And Coco got up in that final. And Bryce, talk about impressive. Because, again, Muhova gave a whole bunch of folk problems. I mean, you know, she battled with Sakari. She battled with, you know, Sabalenka. To get up in the final and get straight set it. Coco was not Coco was not trying to play around Bryce. She was she up was in there, like you said. She was like, no, it was not good enough for me to be eager. And oh, by the way, do you know how long I've been waiting to be eager? Do you really think I'm not gonna lose to you? you? Sis, no, <laughs> sis, no. Right. No. <laughs> Gotta hit with that. 
Exactly. <laughs> and I tell you, this goes back to something I said either in our last episode or the episode before last. This U.S. Open is the first major that I am truly officially counting Coco as a contender to win the whole thing. Before, it's always been like, I want her to go really deep, you know. I don't think she's going to she's gonna win, but if she can get a semifinal or like she did at Roland Garros, the final, that's good. We're, we're past different levels of a tournament now. Now it's about winning that final match. And, and I think she is... I heard, um, I can't remember if it was Lindsay Davenport, I think it was Lindsay Davenport who said she had a third line to win behind Iga and Sabalenka. And I think that's where she belongs. And I, I think, you know, she has a winning record over uh, Sabalenka. Yep, yep. And, you know, now she has confidence against Iga. The only thing that scares me about her meeting Iga again, Iga is, is good on, on the payback. Yes, she is. Yeah, Eagle don't lose to somebody too many times in a row. So right. e- even if they start to balance each other out and you beat me this time, I beat you next time, I'm a little nervous for this this next time against uh, Eagle. Right, right. And it, a lot of it, Bryce, will depend on the draw because I think right. that, you know, again, if you have an Eagle that has to meet up with an, a Muhova again and then she has to battle, you know what I'm saying? If she has right. a... And you know, a Pagula because Pagula is like, you know, I got I got to win against you. Ain't nobody scared of you. So right. I feel like it it will a lot of that will depend on the draw. But I 100 percent agree with what you said, Bryce. I expect big things from Coco Golf. I really do, because I think her mind is in the right place. I feel like she's got crazy confidence right now. And again, you got Brad Gilbert in there. And I forget the other gentleman's name, the new coach. Um, I, I yeah. always forget his name. But again, right. he has provided some great, great stuff as well. Mm-hmm. And here's what I want to also point out, Bryce. <clears throat> How about the significance of the fact that Corey and Coco Golf have stepped back because we didn't see them? And see, this is what I'm talking about. They are doing what's best for their daughter. Correct. And they know that she is a champion. We need to bring in the right folks that are going to allow her to fully blossom. So if that ain't us, we're going to take that little step back. They ain't gone. But they took that little step back and they allowed Brad, they allowed the new coach to come in. And look what we're seeing. Kudos well, to you, Corey and Candy Golf. Kudos to you. Well, you know, the Golfs have admitted they have, you know, they've approached her career reading the Richard Williams playbook. And this is exactly what the Williams family did, too. They took a step back and allowed a David Witt to come in and uh, a Patrick Maradoglu, uh to come in and to help take the daughters to the next level. Or, and even before them, when oh, yeah. you had your Rick Macy's and you exactly. had, you know, these other people that were contributing to the development of the Williams sisters. Uh, exactly. So, look, they have no better example than Mr. Richard Williams as to how to build a champion on on uh, out in these streets <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly so shout out to you coco golf you now have a thousand level title and you got a 500 level title and i didn't even check to see what is her ranking now what does she got I, I no i don't know if that, i'm i'm saying three is in in three weeks she was able to get a 500 and a 1000 in a three mm-hmm. week 
window. I, right. I don't know what her ranking is. If I, I would imagine. Yeah, I was about to say she probably is pushing up on the top five. Yeah, so, she, yeah. She, she's yeah. six. Uh, and the thing that has me excited about that is, and I know this is a little bit down the road, but you know, with her losing in the first round of Wimbledon, yeah. next year she will have an opportunity to rack up mad points. Yes, she you will. know, based upon that result. Absolutely. So, Coco Golf, Taylor Townsend, uh, Alicia Parks, thank you for coming into Cincinnati and showing up and absolutely showing out. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. So, all right now, let's get to the men. Let's talk about the men. Transition. Here we yeah, go. So let's take it back to the quarterfinals like we did for the women. Yes. And Isaac, I'll cue you up here. Uh, the mm -hmm. four uh, matches we had there is we had Hubie Hercatch against Popperin. He took Popperin out in straight sets. Mm -hmm. Alcarez, who had been playing around all week with these three-set matches, uh, <laughs> took out uh, Max Purcell. Yay. Yep. Uh, then we had Alexander Zarev, who took out Manorino pretty easily, and we understood why. Uh, and then Djokovic with the bagel in the first set over Taylor Fritz, and then six four in the second. Um, that that wrapped up our quarterfinals. So, what did you think about those matches? Honestly, Bryce, again, expected. I don't think that any of those results. The only result that was surprising to me was that it took three sets for Alcaraz to get past Max Purcell. Right. That's literally the only surprise out of that. I expected Hercosh to beat Popperin, Zverev to beat Manorino. I, I did not expect Djokovic to give Taylor Fritz a bagel. But um, apparently uh, Djokovic was like, okay, I need to make sure that you understand that I'm, I'm Novak Djokovic. Um, so he put them bangs on him and that's it. But overall, again, no, no major surprise. Well, you know, Djokovic was like, well, I was able to beat you when I didn't have no ab muscles. <laughs> and uh, so now that I got a full set of ab muscles, you in trouble. <laughs> you in real trouble. In trouble, yes. And he so, showed it. He showed him in that first set. My goodness. He sure did. So we moved to the semifinals. Yeah. And we have, you know, Djokovic takes out Zarev in two tight sets, seven, six, seven, five. And yeah, then Alcaraz, yeah. because he's got this whole three-set theme going on all tournament, uh, lost the first set. Took a whole biscuit, actually, from Hercules. Right, right. In the first set. And then came mm -hmm. back and won seven six six three. Yeah, yeah. That, to me, was a match that, again, a lot tighter than expected. Because anytime you go to a tiebreaker, it can go either, either direction. Um, so the fact that he was able to you know, get that tiebreaker from Hercotch and then, uh, you know, and then get that third set under his belt. Again, it just seemed like a very, I don't know, it was a interesting Carlos Alcaraz um, in Cincinnati this year. So, you know, right. the reason I don't understand all the, the three setters, I feel like had he kind of put his, his mind to it, he probably could have gotten through one or two of those matches in straight sets, but maybe he was thinking of, of other things. I don't know, but, yeah. I think, unfortunately for him, it ended up kind of 
showing up a little bit on the back end of things. It sure did. And, you know, Cincinnati got the final that they wanted, right? Djokovic, uh, Alcaraz, a rematch of the Wimbledon final. And instant classic, right? Instant classic. It was a battle, Um, you know, and this this is what we can expect out of those two in, in my opinion, at least for the next couple of years here, is they are going to battle on every surface because both of them, I mean, we all know Djokovic is, you know, he got 23 grand slams for a reason. And Carlos Alcaraz is again, again, Djokovic even said it, one of the talented, most complete players he's ever played against. Right. So when you take that, you you definitely know that they are going to have some knockdown drag out battles going forward and this to me was just an example of that there was an ebb and flow you what when you thought one person kind of had the edge and then the other person kind of weaved back in and pulled the momentum and it was just really a, 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 it was just a great match i think it's it's both mentally and physically draining on both of them and we saw that right. specifically with alcaraz in my opinion what were your thoughts right. on that? Well, I think Alcaraz got caught with the Novak Ropadope, right? Yeah. You know, Novak always does a little bit of that, oh, he's dragging and he can't breathe. And, oh, you know, and and then the moment he gets, you know, the momentum a little bit, then he's like, you know, he's Johnny on the spot. He running, <laughs> hitting backhand winners and all good. So we know that's all part of Novak's stick. But yeah. Um, you know, Alcaraz, it, it was a, it was an interesting week for him all week with these three setters. And he actually played way better than I thought he was going to play because, you know, he should have – he came back so many times in this match. But, you know, Djokovic is just a beast. And I think this is what Djokovic has always wanted – he always was like kind of odd man out in the big three, right? Right. You know, the love was always going to Roger or Rafa. And if anybody wanted to see a matchup between any of the big three, they wanted to see it between Roger and Rafa, right? Exactly. Now with Roger gone and Rafa, you know, one foot out and one foot on a banana pill, you know, he now can maybe have that one-on-one rivalry at the end of his career with right. an Alcaraz because I tell you what, right now it looks like it's Alcaraz and Novak and then the rest of the ATP tour. I agree with you. Wholeheartedly agree with you. I just don't think that right now, I mean, center, great player. I still feel like he's got a little bit more development to, to know. And, and I feel like he can, because again, he's, he's got a great coaching team. And um, so I think he will continue to make progress to kind of infiltrate that top two, if you will, um, you know, Rune, same thing. I, I feel like he's got the potential. It's going to take him a little bit longer, in my opinion, than center to really get to that level where he can consistently play and battle against Alcaraz and Djokovic. But honestly, Bryce, it's like you just said, those those two, they they are the top two in men's tennis. And I, it would be shocking to me if for the next at least two to three Grand Slams, we did not see them battling um, in for the mm-hmm. title. Right. And, I'm, and I'll be honest, I'm a little disappointed right now that because I thought Medvedev was going to be more in that mix. And he's right. been taking a few L's lately that it's like, mm, you know, yeah. um, so and, and I and I still say he's in the mix for this U.S. Open. I mean, you got to, you know, and it, but like once again, what you said, 
it depends on what the draw is going to look like. And I pray that Medvedev ends up on Djokovic's side of the draw because I want Djokovic to have to go through Medvedev and Alcaraz. Yeah, yeah. Well, I tell you what, it's kind of like like you said, who who Medvedev doesn't want to see is uh, apparently uh, Sasha Zverev because apparently uh, he then got some hits from Carlos Alcaraz. <laughs> Carlos was like, hey. <laughs> exactly. And maybe that'll motivate Medvedev. People, you know, they sharing cheat codes behind your back. Right? You know? Come on, man. <laughs> so, oh, my goodness. But, yeah, shout out to that final. That was an amazing final. And once again, everything that this tournament produced this year, y'all with, who make the money decisions and the decision of moving tournaments, stop. Leave it alone. It's good. Where is that? Let it be. Let it breathe. Let it do what it's going to do. You know? All right. Yeah, I, I 100% agree, Bryce. Like I said, that tournament and those results were incredible. I don't think that the fans could have asked for better results across the board and better matches. I mean, again, the Western Southern, it, it, they did an incredible, incredible job with this year's tournament. So, again, hopefully the powers that be will be looking at those types of results and, and factoring that into the decision-making process. Absolutely. Yeah. So... Once again, if you haven't been already, please go out on Instagram and social media and check out the content that we put up from our week uh, in Cincinnati. It was a great time. We are actually in New York slash New Jersey uh, right now uh, preparing uh, to enjoy Fan Week and Quali Week here um, at the National Tennis Center and also the following week. Uh, for the first week of the U.S. Open main draw. Um, And we are looking to bring you a lot of more content. And later this week, we have another City Taste of Tennis event. So you know how we do there. Uh, You should have two weeks of player (laughs) interviews coming from us. Uh, So we're looking forward to that. Isaac, anything else in particular that you're looking forward to these next couple of weeks? Oh, man. You know, anytime it's a preparation for a Grand Slam, it's a, it's an electric time. And, and, and it's New York, so you know stuff is always going to be popping and off the chain. So I'm just looking forward to the chaos that will ensue. Um, I'm ready for it. Bring it. And, uh, you know, I just am I'm, I'm happy to be in New York, New Jersey. And, uh, yeah, just, just you know, just just really happy to, to see some good tennis as, as this uh, last Grand Slam of the year rolls around. How about you, bro? Well, I want to remind the listeners and the viewers that this weekend we will be recording our preview show for the U.S. Open. It's where we tell our first set of lies about what's going to happen at the tournament. Uh, So make sure you tune in to that. We've been known to call some things right, uh, particularly at the U.S. Open. So uh, check that out. Uh, We do currently have um, a giveaway out there on social media. You can go to our Instagram site. Uh, We're giving away a gift bag of swag and goodies from the Western and Southern Open. So if you'd like an opportunity uh, to win that, uh, go out on Instagram, look us up, and you'll see the details to enter. Also, one of the things that we're asking uh, when you are uh, entering for this giveaway is to go in and subscribe to our YouTube uh, channel. 
We haven't done a lot of promotion on that previously, but we've made a decision that we're going to really start building that channel out. You'll be able to see many more of our videos. You can watch our episodes um, uh, on video, and you don't have to just listen to them as a podcast going forward. So uh, do us a favor. If you support Brothers on Tennis, go out there and give us a subscribe on uh, our YouTube channel. We would sincerely appreciate it. Excellent. So. Isaac, before we get out of here, any final words that you have? No, man. Just shout out once again. Glad to be on the Believe platform. Uh, we are so excited about this collaboration and uh, all of the folks involved. They've been fantastic. And uh, yeah, we just look forward to uh, putting out some great content for you all. Absolutely. Well said. And with that alarm, that tells us it is time to go. So everyone, get hyped, get prepared for the U.S. Open, and you'll see plenty of us. So on behalf of the podcast, this has been your boy Bryce. And this is your boy Isaac. And we are Weathers on Tennis. Everyone, be well. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.